Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America. And we welcome you all. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll start with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 263 of Miscellaneous Writings. How blessed it is to think of you as beneath the shadow of a great rock in a weary land, safe in his strength, building on his foundation, and covered from the devourer by divine protection and affection. Always bear in mind that his presence, power, and peace meet all human needs and reflect all bliss. Mary Baker Eddy. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Covered by the devourer. Okay, the watching point, Karen. Watch number 28. Watch lest the apparent importance of handling and destroying error overshadow your realization that the way to overcome darkness is to let in the light, or that following the spiritual and scientific sense of man constitutes your real progress, so that you feel you must cover every claim of error every day in order to protect yourself properly. Such an attitude does not indicate the establishment and development of that trust in one's spiritual perceptions, in which, in which one relies on inspiration to unfold what needs to be done each day. There have been teachers of Christian science who have prepared long lists of errors for their students to take up each day. But when an error has been seen as nothing, is it necessary for one to continue this effort in that direction? Unless, of course, the suggestion of its reality once again encroaches upon thought. Thank you. Good one. Comments on that. I was very grateful for those watches because it really made me think about how I was praying with inspiration. And uh, I did feel like it kind of put the wind on the wings of the prayers that I was doing more when I felt that, like, especially like uh, when I was praying for the neighborhood and stuff and making sure I didn't become kind of rote in what I was praying, or at least if I was doing the 91st Psalm to make sure. It had inspired and when it went out and it was felt so much different, especially I have a school nearby and the children come out and it's just a wild 15 minutes. <laughs> it's a bunch of sixth graders just converging on their neighborhood and it gives me a chance to pray. And I felt so much better this week with um, making sure it was with inspiration, not just repeating the children's prayers. So. Thank you. That's wonderful. That's good. That's making use of the watching point, not just reading it, but using it, putting it into action. Anybody else? Well, I was thinking about uh, in the blue book, I've been reading it quite often, where Mrs. Eddy said, every treatment goes on forever and ever. So all these treatments out there are in effect for every single day. Thank you. That's right. It's a beautiful thought. The prayers of Christ Jesus, the prayers of Mrs. Eddy, all of them, they're they're here with us now working Mm. 
And yes, if you've gotten treatments from your practitioner, that those treatments go on and on. There's no end. Why? Because it's truth, not because it's anything personal. It's because it's the truth, and the truth reigns and is real. And this is why we have to continue daily with our right identity. You're talking about soul this week. I mean, that's the correct identity. Uh, our spiritual being, the one being that is. And if we don't take care, which I, I did, that's why I say, uh, you'll be dwelling on the negative. you rather be handling the error, handling the error, making it rather real to yourself. This is what I used to do. So that's how I know. You persist with the light, which is the light is my correct identity. Thank you. That's what I got from this, too. Absolutely. Um, and while I'm thinking of it, the liberator for March is it will be now we are the sons of God, which is, yes, right identification. So far, we have some beautiful articles. So, yes, to me, this also went along with uh, it was in the lesson. Um, evil is destroyed by the sense of good. Uh, yeah, we're not to be dwelling on all the negative, what's wrong, and think we've got a whole list of all these things we've got to handle. I hear that sometimes. Oh, we've got a lot to handle. And and I've said it myself, but be careful of that. Don't make a huge reality. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say about it. I I know my practitioner noticed that one time I was, like, cataloging errors. (laughs) And she's like, no, there's only, there's just one, there's just one claim to handle power other than God. So and that was very helpful. I was very grateful for that. Thank you. And once you said it with truth, you don't have to keep going back and hitting it. Believe that truth applied work move on. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, when, could I ahead. say something? Sure, Zari, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say that um when we just handle the one instead of the categorizing, I get into that many times and I have to deprogram that and say that there is one mind and there is joy because sometimes when I get into the categorizing I just get overwhelmed with the lies so uh, it's very very important that I just work on the gratitude and the joy so that it breaks that mesmerism thank you yes indeed Yes, indeed. But that's why we say joy and gratitude are two essential ingredients to any healing. Face the light is our beautiful song by Peter. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're with someone in that state of mind who who is just expressing that light, when you come into that person's presence, what's ever troubling you will just dissipate. Just does because... She or he is knowing this truth. It's the light, and the light is effortless, right? Light doesn't. Oh, oh, oh. I got so much darkness to get rid of. Oh. Can't wait to be around those people. <laughs> One of the things I'd like to also ask if you listen late at night when you have dire moments, or it appears to be dire moments, uh, to the playing field, round tables and discussions and readings. Like I've been listening to the 1875 edition of the Science and Health. And what I love about it is the clarity and also that we're not aiming for um, 
you know, this faith healing, but we're really going and striving towards a spiritual understanding. So that's a very different level of healing because the faith healing business can go either way, you know, but it's, it's, it's more like will. And what we're doing, I think, is we're learning the science of the mathematics of healing. Thank you very much, Sari. That is so true, and that is very, very important to understand this. And this is um, our our watching point on Thursday. You know, we spoke about the chosen. Carol wrote that, but it, it's because that that is a wonderful to bring about the healings of Christ Jesus. But they are in the in this considered miracles. We know that in science they're divinely natural, and also there is a lot about faith. Now, faith is very important. Uh, to me, it opens up the path, opens up the highway for healing to come. But it should get beyond faith, right? Beyond faith to just what Zary said: the understanding. This is a science, and many many people just want to stay. Oh well, you know, I. I I have faith, I have some faith, so just heal me fast. <laughs> but there comes a time when the understanding is required, yeah, to go up higher. You can't just be on the baby slope of skiing forever. Got to, although I certainly would love that. <laughs> but anyway, you, you got to go up higher. You've got to understand the science. What's behind the science? Thank you, Sari. Yeah, without the understanding, it's just magic. Yes. So. And it's just like, I mean, I, I see it with people with computers, too. You know, when it does something, they're like, ooh, <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's so magical. I'm like, no, it's not really magical. <laughs> so. No, there's a, there's a science principles behind it. So it's a great point. Also, in no, no and Yes, this also speaks to the watching point, page 30, which is a wonderful statement of Mrs. Eddy to work with, and it's, God's law reaches and destroys evil by virtue of the allness of God. Again, the allness of God, that's what we emphasize. Um, and it's important too. any of you writing lessons that you understand, you start out with that, the allness of God, the positive parts of it. Then you go into handling the era, and, but then you come back roundabout with a strong sense a victory and victory over the evil and the allness of God and his power. So, yes, and, and never get into what Vic Del Young says. Christians, some Christian scientists get into a rut and keep all run, keep on running. <laughs> so keep yourself fresh, inspired in the uh, 23rd Psalm about anointing my head with oil. Spurgeon says something beautiful about that, uh, how every morning you should get a new anointing of oil to keep you fresh and new and and lovely. Oh, and while we're at it, Linda, you did write about evil is destroyed by the sense of good. Um, did you want to say anything more? Well, I, I just loved, I found a couple of people that reminded us that it wasn't just goodness for the sake of being virtuous but or for our own benefit but that it was an uprightness of heart and life which we're taught here and i just love it just was a good reminder and the way they said it was a little different so i sh shared it because they said the greek word for goodness means uprightness of heart and life and that's from strong 
And I thought that was a very beautiful way to look at goodness because of having grown up trying to be a good girl or good to, according to the people around me, uh, it wasn't always good because it, it's not good to allow evil. So sometimes goodness looks <laughs> tough. You have to be, you can't allow it. You can't tolerate it. So it's uh, making sure you're defining goodness from God's standpoint, from godliness, not. Yeah, because none is good, but who? God. God. There is no human goodness. It's, it is a matter of reflection, but it is, when you're reflecting it, it does have great power, as everything does when you're reflecting from God. Um, Trying to be loyal to people just makes you feel like you're getting ripped in pieces. Yeah, yeah and you, sure it does. you please no one. Yeah. Right. Always please God. Right, and that's because you're violating the first commandment when you when you try to do that, aren't you? I shall have no other God before you. So. Exactly. Yes. Now there are a couple things before we get into the beautiful soul lesson um, that I've been meaning to mention. Once, what one was, um, and Jeremy gave a testimony about it a few weeks ago, but that he um, did find a. <clears throat> beautiful search engine for our website. <clears throat> Sherry had brought it out at the last membership meeting, and it was something on our radar, something that we've been wanting to do. And then everything came together. The time was right. We also had the finances because it will be a monthly fee. Um, and thank God, you know, now you can Google, I, I call it Googling, but you can you know, search things and, and it comes up from our website very easily. So if you haven't found that yet, do. You'll find it. And it'll be getting better and better with time because I have to like tell it to, you know, like for Psalm 23, I have to rearrange the searches so that it comes up right away with the more relevant things. A lot of it I have to do manually. So. It'll just take time. So. <laughs> he he had to spend an incredible amount of time to do this. It wasn't just some easy thing. So uh, we're very, very grateful. Uh, he found just the right one. And then you have to install it. It was quite a bit and then get all that we need. So, but he works on it. And as you hear on his testimonies week after week, he, he works to demonstrate from God. Otherwise, it would seem some of these things like impossible tasks totally impossible jeremy in 2013 could not have done any of this <laughs> the old model 1.0 and then there was something else um our dear mem member nathan in california he was very excited he called me very excited with this story he said to share with everyone so i will and he said he was traveling which he often has to do and he went to a reading room to just visit he just got the thought well he should go in and chit chat i guess anyway he went in and there was a an attendant there i guess she's a, a, a chaplain and went to a church in that area of california and one of the very first things she said was you know, I have to tell you about this amazing website I found. And then she wrote on a piece of paper, guess what? <laughs> Plainfieldcs.com. And Nathan was so excited. And he said, well, guess what? I'm a member from <laughs> a member at that church. And she said, really? So, um, and then Florence, what did you tell me? Which I knew, but I'd kind of forgotten. 
Have no, you? how I got to know uh, Plainfield. Um, I said that my sister was working in a Chicago reading room there, and the lady came in and gave her the address for um, Plainfield. And that's how she told me about Plainfield. So that's how I knew Plainfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the seeds are being dropped. And I, I spoke to someone last the other night from Australia who does work in a reading room. <clears throat> um, just she feels it's the right thing for her to do at this point. But she passes out our website all the time, gives mm-hmm. out signs and health. So she's doing a, a great work there. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. And it, it reminds me, and I love this hymn. I think about it a lot. It's a it's a treatment, 196, the second verse. Let all that now divides us remove and pass away like shadows of the morning before the blaze of day. Let all that now unites us more sweet and lasting prove a closer bond of union in in a blessed land of love. So beautiful hymn. It is a beautiful hymn. And I, I truly see that's what will happen. All that divide us, it just passes away. Um, and we'll all be united in churches, uh, religions, races, nations. nations, everything. And that's one thing I truly love about the chosen, because he brings that out over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, the unity of all people. Get used to different, right? Yeah. <laughs> And and so it's a, it's a beautiful thought. We mustn't be dismayed when we hear the other rumors of things going on because we are all united in Christ. And there's one truth. Plainfield is not changing or compromising anything. There's one truth, and that truth will be revealed. Um, just like Michelangelo chipping away at the beautiful statues that he did just chipped away what wasn't right and what was left, what was revealed was the truth. And so it is. And this uniting process is not going to be without, um, you know, resistance because the human mind will resist it. Right. Mm -hmm. There will be those who will be threatened by the uniting process. But, so we shouldn't be dismayed or discouraged at the resistance to the uniting, <laughs> because that, that is that is what is going on in our consciousness, and that is what we bring to the rest of the world. And we persevere. And, of course, we know that that is the vic- that is the vic- victory. Because it is what is right. Because it is what God created. Yeah. And so in God's own way, it's going on in so many different ways. In all, 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 all the, the world over. It really is. People are coming to God. People are realizing God alone is. And all that. So it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. And we can rejoice in 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 its happening yeah and not be dismayed at whoever or whatever resists it or is upset by it or threatened by it we just love them even more 
as Reg Carey used to say in our law case when we were attacked by the board of directors in Boston, just love the hell out of them. <laughs> so that's what we do. Yes, and I love what um, was in the watch message last night. Jeremy had found that in Watch's Person Arguments. The infinite light forever protects its idea and the substance of soul. Evil minds have no power to reject, <clears throat> excuse me, reject, deny, oppose, or defy God. No power to stop the work of Christian science. Something really wonderful to work with. Just know that truth. Now on our beautiful subject on soul today, I just, I did want to read some things from what was on the carousel this week. One soul from the 1936 primary class of Bicknell Young. Bicknell Young loved the subject soul, as most of you know, if you've read his 1937 college. He wrote beautiful things about soul, and he helped many people understand soul who maybe perhaps did not. So he writes that spirit is the substantial, enduring, ever-present, ever-well, ever-active, ever-harmonious substance of all creation, the substance of you, all the substance you have got. Soul indicates something else. Everything that is beautiful is said is said to be produced by soul. It is if, it is if you like that particular ability of infinity to express itself in infinite beauty throughout creation. <clears throat> Everything that is beautiful that we know know anything about has its origin in soul, divine mind. That is the reason that in order to express beauty, a person must be something besides an intellectual. Beauty cannot be affected by any belief because it has its being in God. It is all the time, forever, one with its own infinitude and perfection. It cannot be afflicted or impaired in any way because there is no other power or presence. There is no conceivable way in which it could be injured because there is nothing to conceive of injury. Beauty in all its glorious perfection is conceived by God alone as the exception of God. Conception. Oh, as the conception of God. Right. Beauty, regardless of any material seeking, is spiritual. Like truth, it is eternal. So don't criticize anyone for trying to be beautiful. We'll all be beautiful in heaven, you may be sure. And then in healing work, soul is just as essential as mind. It lifts us out of the rut of repeating words and shows us that inspiration is more than a method. And let us all look as well as we can. It is quite legitimate for anyone to try to be beautiful. We can't get into heaven without beauty. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of beauty. And as you advance in the science of soul, you will see beauty where you never saw it before. It's so it's so beautiful and in itself. And yes, when you think of soul, that's one of the things I definitely think of beauty, also joy. And, and if you were having a problem, whatever kind of a problem, a physical problem, weight problem, emotional problem, 
you know, you can apply soul. It is true what he says. We often think of mind or spirit. But what about soul? I mean, you can't have a physical problem if you're beautiful, right? <laughs> there can be no deformity, no uh, anything out of whack. Lift up your face without spot. You can't certainly have a, a weight problem, either too much or too little, if you're expressing the beauty of soul. If you're expressing that beauty, if you're expressing the joy of soul, you you can't be depressed and morose. And you can't feel uninspired, right? Like you have no reason to get up in the morning. Soul gives you all these wonderful things. Why not make use of it and think about it? Don't accept anything in your life that is ugly. Because, it, yeah, what he said, you'll see more and more things as beautiful. You'll see things as God really made them, as what's true about it, including yourself. And beauty, as we learn in Christian science, comes from within. That's it. That's right. It is a spiritual, in that way, spiritual quality. It, it is your joy, uh, what, how you think. And Mrs. Eddy, on those pages 244 to 248, she tells us of that. It's also ageless, right? Yeah. It's so old and decrepit, wrinkled and ugly. Yeah, and somewhere she writes that, you know, we can never think of a friend as less than beautiful. Gratitude is a companion for, for soul. We can't help but be grateful for something that's, that we see as beautiful and soulful. Thank you. That's right. Gratitude, very important part of soul. Gratitude, joy, beauty. And, and we've talked about, you know, a, a soulful uh, musician. They're no good without soul, right? It's just mechanical. <laughs> People that dance joy and soul. They, they, and what is it? They forget themselves and and just in, in expression, they forget self in expression. And that's what makes it beautiful and soulful. Thank you, Craig. Anybody else on soul? So there's a calmness, a calmness. Yeah. yeah. I saw a cute little video the other day. It was It was about someone saying, you know, these two minute little things that go on, not TikTok, but YouTube. <laughs> anyway, it was someone who was saying, you know, when somebody comes at you and is mad and carrying on about things, maybe gossiping or something, he said, I want you to remember this. And then she focused on this, her cat. Okay. <laughs> and that cat was just, you know, calm. <laughs> just what. Lawrence just said, just peaceful, undisturbed. <laughs> she said, you just be like that cat. <laughs> Let that cat teach you a lesson. And I thought, well, that's really true. You just look at the face of a cat. It doesn't matter what's going on. It, it just is very poised, shall I say. So no, no reason to get all wound up about things. Yes, the peace of soul. And um, beautiful Beautiful synonym of God to think about. So we have um, 
the beautiful responsive reading of 121. Now, um, both Nancy and Chardell wrote about that. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. Chardell, you want to yeah, start? I've always loved this, and I say it often, and I give it to people and say it with them. But the, the preserve, I finally looked it up, and it's it's wonderful to save from injury or destruction, to fend from evil, uh, to uphold, to sustain. Man and beast, I love that book, to keep in a, in a sound state and to keep our youth from vice <laughs> preserved. That's beautiful. Thank you. <clears throat> Yes, preserve. That word, yeah, I've looked it up. It's got a huge amount of definitions for that word. All that God does for us. Maybe that's why we have a subject, God the preserver of man. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, Nancy? Yes, uh, I've always loved that psalm also. And uh, my practitioner has often given me this psalm and sometimes specific verses to work with. It's always brought uh, great comfort, protection, and healing. Uh, I loved what Spurgeon's commentary uh, said regarding he shall preserve your soul. Our soul is kept from the dominion of sin, the infection of error, the crush of despondency, the puffing up of pride, kept from the world, the flesh, and the devil, kept for holier, greater things kept in the love of God unto the eternal kingdom of glory. And also McLaren, I, I really like this. All evil will be averted from him who has Jehovah as his keeper. Therefore, if any so-called evil comes, he may be sure that it is good with a veil on. And it made me smile just to think, you know, every false belief or claim uh, of evil, it's really right there is good with a veil on. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's a beautiful thought and how true. And that's why um, Big Dal Young could say that you will see more beauty everywhere because that's what that's what actually is there. Only beauty of, of God. The other is something not true, not real. Thank you, Nancy. That was beautiful. And that gets me to a uh, the, the golden text. Uh, Craig, you want to read it? But the highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. So we have responsibility. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, and in a beautiful article that Carrie sent me by William McKenzie, the, mir the mirage disappears. He, wrote, he writes, Furthermore, the writer of wisdom says, The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. In fact, the lesson for everyone to learn is the hopelessness of trying to live without understanding principle and becoming obedient to it. And Mrs. Eddy sets before all mankind the hope of understanding when she says in miscellaneous writings, as mortals awake from their dream of material sensation, this adorable, all-inclusive God and all earth's hieroglyphs of love 
or understood. An infinite mind is seen kindling the stars, rolling the worlds, reflecting all space and life, but not life and matter. Wisely governing, informing the universe, this mind is truth, not laws of matter, infinitely just, merciful, and wise. This mind is love, but infallible love. And it, it goes on. It's a beautiful article we should feature and have on our website because it all the all the war, everything that goes on, all the ugly things, they are the mirage, and the mirage disappears as you see more clearly what is really there. As, as what Nancy said, it's just a veil covering covering the truth. So, and also in the responsive reading, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Now, this week I happened to watch something that was really interesting to me. I'm not necessarily recommending it, but um, I will tell you the highlights of it. It was called 14 Peaks, and it was about a man from Naples. No, Nepal. Sorry, <laughs> Nepal. Big difference. Nepal. And I, I guess he'd been a Sherpa. He had friends who were Sherpas. You know, those are the mountain climbers. He had also been a, a Gurkha, I think it's pronounced, who uh, is a very elite uh, fighting group. Fights for Britain, actually. But they are known to be incredibly strong and and not just victorious in that way, but also have to have these incredible sweet temperaments. So this fellow, very sweet, his name was Nims. Anyway, he, he was a mountain climber and he decided he was going to climb all the 14 peaks in the world that are over five miles high. 8,000 meters. 8,000 meters. And he was going to do it. He was going to try to do it in a, you know, a certain amount of time. He was going to take years to do it. Um, and so everyone told him that is absolutely impossible. You've got to be out of your mind. And so he he decided he was going to call this project possible. <laughs> he had such a sweet, positive outlook. It's like very childlike. And um yeah, so he does this project possible. He gets his friends together, and they start off just climbing these mountains. Now, if you've ever seen these mountains, they are very big and very formidable. Mount Everest being the tallest. Um, but not the most difficult. But not the most <laughs> difficult by a long shot. And so it tells about the first mountain he climbed with his friends. Anyway, um, it was Mount Anna Perina or something. Anyway, um, so he he does it, and it's very difficult, but he gets up to the top, comes back down, and is in the base camp. But then he hears another expedition had come back down, but they were missing someone. So Nim said, no, 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 we're not going to miss anybody. And he goes back up for him. Mm. Now, 
a mountaineer telling the story, there were several mountaineers telling the story. They said, nobody does this. You don't climb this huge mountain that's five miles high straight up and come back down and then go back up again. And they all, of course, discouraged him. But he was not discouraged. He went up with his friends and they were hanging by ropes from helicopters and they got this guy. Mm. But um, but this was the kind of love that motivated him. And um, it, it goes on. He would he would not take no for an answer. He was never discouraged. He would, for the most part, he went without any oxygen, which also is rather impossible. But I had no fear. He said he claimed he had no fear. He did have no fear. Uh, you, you would you would never see it on his face. His face was always smiling and shining brightly. Um. So he ends up, he does climb these 14 peaks in about six months' time, which, again, was considered impossible. But my point being was his attitude. There was just love and love, no fear. And every mountain he climbed, he approached it that way. Um, there was another, it was called the K2. I think it's in Pakistan. That it's not the highest, it's the second highest, but it is the most formidable. It goes up like a huge white pyramid and very dangerous to climb, very dangerous. So he gets to the base camp, and there's another party there um, waiting to go up. And in and, and the pictures, they had pictures of these people. They were ter- you look on their face, they were just terrified. I guess there'd just been an avalanche and some things going on that weren't good, and they didn't know whether they should go up or not. Nims gets there and says, oh, we're going up, no problem. <laughs> and, and the woman relating this said the whole atmosphere changed from one of total fear to one of, yeah, we can do this. So Nims and his little group of friends go up to the top and back, and then, so then the other group had the inspiration, okay, if they did it, we can do it. And they did it as well. You see, not fearing, not fearing. Someone wrote about him and said that he made Norman Vincent Peale look like a whiner. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and I know, I mean, I'm, I'm rather interested in all this and these mountains because they do look, oh, my gosh, if you've seen pictures of these things. Um, but he he had no fear and he did it. And at the end, he had a very sweet and close relationship with his mother. And she said at the end, the spirit of God is in my son. And that certainly was Yes, it was. It was, yes, thank you. It was very evident. So think of to yourself, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of and why? And and work to change that attitude of one of love and, and knowing, yes, you can do it. You can do it. Project possible, okay? So whatever your trouble is today, call it Project Possible possible just thinking in the chosen david saying nothing was bigger or more exciting than that giant (laughs) but apparently there are (laughs) yeah right right it's all it's all your perspective how you look at it 
And we know all things are possible to God. And it's why one of the things we should start our morning out knowing all things are possible. So don't let this, whatever it is, discourage you or drag you down or, you know, have that look of terror on your face. Change it. Remember NIMS, dear NIMS, Project Possible. He raised the money. He did everything he needed to do. And, and mainly you could just tell he had a heart of love. So, um, he said and, he went out running really early too, right? So he yes. worked really hard for this. Too. He did. His wife said he would get up at three in the morning and he put a, what, an 80 pound backpack on him and run. Um, and then come home by six or something and go to work, spend all day at work and then come home and work some more, work out. Um, yeah, he, it wasn't, didn't just come easy, but he loved it. You know, it wasn't that he thought it was drudgery. He loved doing all this. And and so we must love our work. Go ahead, Jeremy. Well, I was just thinking that childlike attitude he had and his, you know, happiness and joy to do this was not through ignorance of what it takes to do it. You know, right. he obviously knew and he was willing to do it. So thank you. Yes. That's a soul filled man. A soul-filled yeah. man, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what his mother acknowledged. Now they didn't say a lot about God in this, but there's no way he could have couldn't have done it without some higher power that he trusted in. Um, and his mother, yeah, his mother acknowledged it. How important is the difference between that and human will? Just to will something and then flop at some point. Thank you. The difference. Thank you very much. That's a very important point. He couldn't have done it if it was human will. He, there was no way he could have done it. There was there was love. He said he too. He just wanted to prove to others, you know, that it's possible. And also his people from Nepal, because those of you who ever read about the mountain climbers, People from the West, they spend thousands of dollars to climb Mount Everest and all of this stuff. And who does it really? It's the, the Sherpas. They practically carry these people up the mountain. They do all the work. And uh, Nims made a point of saying, you don't even know their names. But he said they all have names. And they all are just incredible climbers. And so he did it partly to show the world about these people in Nepal that could do this um, and do it with love and, and uh, yeah. And you a didn't, good disposition. And a sweet disposition. You didn't get that sense of will. Uh, and if, if he pray, he doesn't get into that because that would be disastrous. So, yeah, this wasn't that. Thank you, Craig. So we have, um, and in Science and Health, um, and in the Bible and everywhere, there's many references to uh, hills and mountains, right? As in this, we will lift up our eyes unto the hills. And um, so, Mrs. Eddy has said in Science and Health, spiritually interpreted rocks and mountains stand for solid and grand ideas. End quote. Such mountains are indeed hills of God. The high places of true worship, secret places of the Most High, rising above the earth's mist, 
into the pure air of God's kingdom. And there's also a beautiful article by um, another one by McCracken called The Holy Hill. If we haven't featured that, we, we should too as well. Um, when spiritually interpreted, hills have a tendency to turn thought upward to produce mental elevation by symbolizing strength, exaltation, and endurance. The Christian scientist who, who has stood on Bow Hill and at Pleasant View is made glad to think that Mary Baker Eddy spent so much of her earthly life in high places, graced by noble prospects and far visions. And then also, you know, the allegory, isn't that about going up the hill? Um, the opening words of the allegory, picture to yourself a city set upon a hill, a celestial city above all clouds in serene azure and unfathomable glory, having no temple therein, for God is the temple thereof, nor need of the sun, neither of the moon, for God doth lighten it. Then from this sacred summit, behold a stranger wending his way downward to where a few laborers in a valley at the foot of the mountain are working and watching for his company, his coming rather. That's in Miscellaneous Writings 323. It's a beautiful example. We often talk about climbing, climbing the hill, right? Reaching the summit, reaching it with joy and do it fearlessly. Because that's the that's the lesson from Nim, Nims. We do it with joy, with love, with fearlessness, and also never forgetting our neighbor. Never forgetting our neighbor. We're all together, going up together. And so there are a lot of wonderful lessons. There's a beautiful poem too. We could sometimes have in this liberator. Um, God, give me hills to climb and strength for the climbing. Hmm. It's a poem by entitled Hills. Mm -hmm. And we all need that strength of climbing, right? So, mm -hmm. so we have this wonderful lesson on soul. And um, oh, Jeremy left. He didn't get a chance to say what uh, he had something he wrote about, too, that was good. So we'll end maybe a few minutes early now with um, another beautiful article. So, yeah, the whole thing that was excerpted by Carrie. This is uh, from an article entitled Heaven, the Kingdom of God by William B. Harrison from a 1918 journal. When the Nazarene delivered his first message to his neighbors in his home village, he announced that he had come to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, which was equivalent to declaring that God reigns in the present. The apostles were enjoined to preach the kingdom of God is at hand. And Paul repeated the injunction to his followers. We are told in Acts that the disciples went everywhere proclaiming that God's kingdom is come or is at hand. What do these oft-repeated utterances really mean, except that heaven, the reign of divine love, is a present and eternal fact of spiritual consciousness? 
If heaven is at hand, we cannot reach it by traveling to some distant realm, much less can we pass to it by dying. It was the clear comprehension of the reign of spiritual law in the present, demonstrated so perfectly by Jesus, which enabled the early Christians for at least two centuries after his time to repeat his works, as he declared all should do who understood his doctrine. It was the loss of this understanding of God's ever-present kingdom that carried with it the loss of the healing power of the Christian church. And it is the restoration of that understanding through Mrs. Eddy's Key to the Scriptures, which is restoring that healing power. To deny the present existence of this spiritual kingdom is to challenge the Bible from the story of creation in the first chapter of Genesis to John's description of the holy city in Revelation. In this kingdom of God, there is no sickness, sin, or death, no matter. Neither are there any material laws, conditions, or beliefs. Its walls are the infinite bounds of spiritual beauty and goodness. Its gates, the portals of purified consciousness. Its streets, the pure gold of spiritual living with all the dross of materialism destroyed. We approach its portals as we put off the old man and put on the new, as we cease to believe in things material and learn to know things spiritual. Death brings us no nearer heaven, because the belief in death must be overcome before heaven is readied. We can never see heaven through material eyes or understand it through a material brain. We can, however, bring it into our experience in proportion as we grow in the understanding and practice of truth. As we do this, we find that the kingdom of heaven, the harmony of being, as in miscellaneous writings, page 553, is actually within us and now in the degree that we comprehended it. Heavenly vision. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.